0: Thanks for downloading the free and ad supported version of Cubs Pod, which is actually three daily Cubs podcasts smashed into one episode. But Cubs Pod is actually a daily Cubs podcast, which is released every single day during the Cubs season on our Patreon page, completely ad-free at patreon.com sunranto. In fact, you'll get all Sunranto shows early and ad-free on our private premium RSS feed. Plus, you'll get access to our private Discord group where we host game watches and Cubs fan chats with the Super Ranters. Join us for as little as $1 at patreon.com sunranto. Please support independent Cubs media like us and subscribe at patreon.com sunranto. We can't do it without you. Thank you. And enjoy this version that is ad-supported of CubsPod.
1: is the 14th of june in the 2023rd year of the gregorian calendar and this is cubs pod your daily dose of cubs content that is hopefully digestible because i don't have a ton of time to get this done today so i'm freestyling people there's no script and i'm going as fast as completely possible the cubs pod is a bleacher bunch production For the Fans First Sports Network, please go out to whatever podcatchers you use or services or whatever it is and leave us a rating. Let other people know about us. The Cubs won last night 11-3. You probably did not stay up to watch it because there was a rain delay. So this thing started an hour and 10 minutes late and went a little bit later into the night than we were expecting. Especially since it never did stop raining. This was a wet, wet game. And I know whenever you're at the ballpark, it's not quite as bad as it looks on TV. But I'll tell you, it looked nasty on TV. And that may have something to do with why there were so many infield hits. The true story of this game was really... The Cubs just hitting the ball as best they could and I don't know if it was the water slowing it down, making it slippery so that it's coming off the bat weird or guys can't get a handle on it or whatever, but the Pirates just struggled to get anybody out and I shouldn't say anybody, but they had a lot of problems getting people out on infield hits. Uh, Things really went the Cubs way last night. I'm sure the BABIP gods are over there just like, what happened with this stuff? Because I can't imagine the average exit velocity of anything last night was great. Except for, of course, Jack Suwinski, Chicago native and Pittsburgh Pirates player, uh, Ian Happ and Christopher Morell. All hit dongs last night. Somehow got good wood on it. And uh, a couple of them were really good wood. But let's start with Jamison Tyone. He got the start last night. And early on, uh, it looked like it was going to be a little uh, nerve-wracking. Uh, because he, he did get the first two outs. But then Jack Swinski hit a shot out to center field. Dead center field. Uh Apparently Jack Swinski really wanted to put on a show in this night because later he would hit another home run. Uh, Luckily, they were both of the single shot variety and single shots are fun to watch and they make pitchers upset and all that stuff, but they really don't do quite the kind of damage that they could, which brings us to the Cubs, you know, in the bottom of the inning, uh, going up against Luis Ortiz, which in the box score, it says LL Ortiz. So I have to assume that means ladies love Ortiz and LL Cool J will be calling him for some royalties soon. Anyway, he walked the first batter, which happened to be Mike Talkman on this day. And then, uh, in the second spot was Nico Horner, and he smacked a ball into the ground that popped up in the air and hung for so long, he was able to beat the throw. And the Cubs had to fight for this, uh, this single because the umpire is an idiot. I mean, it was an egregiously bad call, so, you know, obviously the video review didn't take long, but yeah... Uh, Horner beat that throw out by a good step. I don't know what the ump was thinking other than infield hits like that are generally outs. And so he just went with the odds and didn't really look at what was going on. I don't know. Anyway, the call was overturned. And then Ian Happ stepped up and hit a line drive out to right field. Uh, He was hitting left-handed. It was a pull shot, and he just drove that ball through the rain. And you know what I said earlier about how the single shots don't hurt so much? Well, this one was not that. There were two guys on, which is a surprise because generally the Cubs don't like to do things like this with guys on base, but they did it last night, and they immediately took the 3-1 lead. In the second inning, Tyone continued to struggle a little bit. Uh, he gave up a double to Josh Palacios. And then G1 uh, Bay singled on a line drive to left fielder, and that scored Palacios. So the Pirates clawed one back, but that's all they'd get. The Cubs did nothing in their half of the inning. And then Tyone continued to struggle in the third third inning he gave up a single and a walk but was able to get out of that inning uh, then uh, Mike Talkman led off the third inning with another single to third baseman Brian Hayes like I'm telling you people the infield hits were amazing in this game unfortunately the lead off single did nothing and uh, the Cubs went quietly the rest of the way Fourth inning, Cabrian Hayes got a single, uh, but Tyone made it through there uh, because of a uh, caught stealing. ji hwan Bae uh, tried to steal second, and Tucker Barnhart threw him out. The umpires, again, I don't know what exactly was going on out there. Maybe it was the rain making it hard to see, but they called this safe, and the Cubs challenged it, and the Cubs won because he was out. And that got uh, Tyone out of the inning once again. Cubs did nothing in the fourth, and then neither team did anything in the fifth. The Cubs at this point had a 3-2 to lead, and definitely everybody who was a Cubs fan was like, all right, they did five innings. Call this game. It's in the books. Let's get the W. Call the game because it was raining. It was wet. Uh, But they did not call the game, and Jack Sawinski... Chicago native once again giving out free souvenirs and this time it was to people who weren't even in the field because he crushed a ball that bounced off of the top of the right field scoreboard and bounced out onto Sheffield. I don't know how many people are out on Sheffield uh, waiting for that ball but I don't know. Maybe somebody found it this morning because it was wet and rainy and people probably just weren't hanging out there. I don't know. Regardless, the Pirates tied it up on another solo shot from Swinsky. The game was, you know, and now, of course, you've got to keep playing because the game's tied and we can't end in a tie unless it's whatever year, I think 2016 and the Cubs and Pirates did actually tie in the last game of the season. Tyone makes it through that inning, so he gets six innings in. He gave up three runs, and uh, it looked like maybe a no decision was coming his way until bottom of the sixth inning. Uh, it started out not so great with Saya, you know, grounding out to a you know a chopper to Brian Hayes got thrown out at first, but then Ian Hap walked. And then Dansby Swanson singled and that moved Hap over to third. And that was enough for ladies love Ortiz. The Pirates pulled him out and put in Dowry, Dory, Dowry. I'm not sure how to say his name, Moretta. And uh, the Pirates have a generally good uh, bullpen, unlike how we consider the Cubs bullpen. But I don't know. Maybe they just... Don't like to play in the rain because they the bullpen was not good this night. Bullpen is bad. Matt Mervis singled on a you know a, a sharp grounder through the right side of the infield into right field uh, to score, and that scored Ian Happ. So the Cubs go up by one. It's four three, and for that bit of good you know clutch hitting, bringing in a guy uh, that would get. Mervis benched uh, the next time he came up because that's how we do it. That's how they do it in Chicago. If you're a young guy and you do something good in the game, then David Ross is about to sit you on the bench. I do not understand what's going on, but yeah, that's what happened. The mystery boner then somehow and for some reason decided he would bunt, and it was a terrible bunt. He bunted and it like it popped up in the air, which is always bad. But it looked like it was gonna be okay because uh Moretta was not able to catch the ball. Like he, you know, misjudged it and it went over his head, landed behind him. But nobody you know and then with the ball in the air, of course, Mervis had to hold up at first because obviously it looked like it was about to get caught. And then it didn't get caught and he had to run, but that was way too late. And they were able to throw him out, force out at second. So now we got the mystery boner standing over there at first, getting ready to play. We've got Dansby Swanson over at third uh, in a good spot to score, you know, but we do have two outs and Nick Madrigal up. Well, Madrigal did his job. He hit the ball uh, very well. He got good wood on it and shot it over to the right side. Unfortunately, that caught Mystery Boner off guard. He was standing there. He started to go, and then he stopped, and then he went, and he ended up getting hit by the ball. And in case you didn't know, if you get hit by a batted ball in baseball, you are automatically out. That was the third out of the inning. Now, we had a lot of talk about this in the... Uh, in the discord about whether or not he could have gotten out of the way, whatever he absolutely could have gotten out of the way. If he just runs, if he just takes off, he's nowhere near that ball when it goes through. Instead, he, you know, did what the mystery boner does. And he got confused. I don't know what's going on. It really pissed me off. And he made the third out and killed that chance for another run in the inning. Luckily, Merryweather came in 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 the foul weather and was able to hold them in the top of the seventh, which then brought in Johan Ramirez to replace Dowry Moretta. Uh, This was not good. Not a good decision for the Pirates. Tucker Barnhart singled to start off the inning. Tachman flew out. Then Nico Horner worked the walk. Then say uh, hit a I don't know how that was a hundred mile per hour shot to the second baseman ji Huan Bay, and it was just too hard to stay in the glove the, he got a glove on it, but he could not hold it, and it kind of dribbled out into the grass. everybody was safe on the infield single then uh Ian Hap almost got hit by a pitch, ball came in, you know uh this. Johan Ramirez had a, you know, very good, very like the ball was moving really hard into Hap, who was hitting left-handed, and it almost got him. Well, he should have taken one for the team because we had bases loaded, and that would have driven in a run, right? Well, I think Hap realized that, and the next time a pitch came in like that he was able to kind of hold his ground and take one for the team. Yes. He got hit by a pitch and that drove in a run. So the Cubs were up five to three. Then Dansby singled and that scored, uh, Nico Horner. And it was time for Johan Ramirez to leave the game to bring in former cub Rob Zestrisny. Now, if you don't remember who Rob Zisdrisny is, it's because every time he got called up to Chicago to the big leagues, Joe Madden like never used him. He would sit on the bench and end up getting sent back to Iowa without ever pitching. It was the weirdest thing. And I'm just kidding. He has he did pitch for the Cubs a couple of times in Chicago. It's just that there were a number of times that Madden was just like call him up and then send him back down. Maybe that was like some sort of a power struggle between him and Theo that he wanted Strizny called up and Madden was like, fine, but I'm not going to use him. Who knows? But what I do know is Strizny came into this game and now we kind of know why Madden maybe didn't want to use him. Jan Gomes came in to pinch hit for the mystery boner because thank God that David Ross at least understood, like, dude, if you're going to stand in the way of the ball and you're not going to move, like, you you don't need to be out on the field. So Jan Gomes came in to pinch hit, and he hit a two-run single, which was amazing. Just a little slap Texas leaguer into right field, and it scored two runs. Gotta love it. Gotta love the, the situational hitting. Uh, it was good. Madrigal ended the inning, got an out. And uh, then the Cubs actually made some defensive substitutions. So obviously, Jan Gomes stayed as the designated hitter because who cares about mystery boner? And then uh, Christopher Morel replaced Ian Happ, uh, because Ian got hit. And apparently it was still hurting. So they decided to move him. And, oh, yeah, I forgot to come back to this. Trey Mancini did hit in that inning. He hit right before Gomes. And uh, I don't know why they took Mervis out after actually getting a hit and doing something good. But they put in Mancini for as a pinch hitter for some reason. I don't know. I have no idea what's going on. Mervis actually gets a hit. He's feeling good. And then they're like, well, we're not going to let you do that again. And uh, Mancini came in, so he remained in the game as the first baseman. And then uh, Christopher, I'm sorry, I got a little bit lost with where I'm at. Anyway, Morell replaced Happ in left field. Mancini replaced Mervis as the first baseman for some unknown reason. Jan Gomes is was now the designated hitter. And then they put in Mark Leiter Jr. instead of Merriweather. That wasn't like a real weird thing or anything. That was just something that happened at that time. But anyway, uh, Brian Reynolds strikes out. Jack Sewinski walked because maybe Leiter Jr. was smart enough to not pitch to that dude tonight because he was crushing balls. And uh, I honestly would have just intentionally walked him. There's no reason to be pitching to a hot hand like that when you've got Carlos Santana coming up and he struck out and then Connor Joe lined out and out of the inning with Jack Swinski just standing on first. So going into the Cubs half of the eighth inning, the Cubs are up 8 3 and Tucker Barnhart strikes out. Talkman singled. Talkman just doing the job. Really is absolutely doing the job. And unfortunately... I don't think he's still in center when Bellinger comes back, but he's doing what he needs to do right now. And maybe you can't trade Bellinger if he continues to be injured throughout the season, but they can can maybe get something for Talkman, right? Like somebody needs, you know, a fourth outfielder who's actually playing well, and he's not going to get to be the center fielder forever. That's for sure. So, man, maybe somebody would want him at the trade deadline or at least for a piece you know of a different deal whatever let's not talk about trades i'm <laughs> I'm already sick of it anyway Horner hit into a fielder's choice talkman is out a second uh Horner's on first Horner steals second then saya walked and then we get Christopher morell, who if you remember came in for an injured Ian happ and morell crushed a ball. And, I mean, it was a no-doubter. Yes, Rob Zestrisny got the Morel treatment on that one. He hit the ball, stood there, watched it go, turned through his bat, back towards his own dugout, and then did the trot. Like, it was a bomb, and he milked it. That was his 11th homer, and the Cubs... 11th run woo! it was it was a nice one nothing else really happened end of the game and the Cubs beat the Pirates in the opener so let's move on to tonight's game the Cubs will get started at 7:05 Chicago standard time and I'm saying that confidently because it is supposed to be much nicer. If you're going to this game tonight, it's supposed to be around uh 71 degrees at game time, which is going which is really nice and there's no rain. It's going to be clear skies. So, for everybody who stuck through that last game last night, wow, that was amazing uh can't believe you did that, but anybody going tonight is going to have a much nicer night. Uh we got Drew Smiley going up there. He's five and four with three, two, seven ERA. And uh he has seen a lot of these guys, and unfortunately, a lot of them hit, hit home runs against him. Uh McCutcheon has hit two. Reynolds has hit two. Santana has hit one, and Suwinski has hit one. So it will be interesting to see how long uh, Smiley lasts in this one, if he can actually get through. Maybe he didn't have that knuckle curve the last time they saw him, but not great against this Pirates lineup. The Pirates will be sending out uh, Bido. What's his name? It is Osvaldo Bido, And you may wonder why I had to look that up. Just now, it's because he has never pitched in the major leagues before. This is his major league debut, which is going to be fun. You know, he's going to get his first strikeout and he's going to, you know, Cubs are going to hit their first, the first home runs off of him, all that good stuff, you know? So hopefully the Cubs put out a lineup out there that just decides to make this kid uh, sad that he ever got promoted. Okay, and that's going to be it for me. Uh, This went way too long, of course. It took me a lot longer, too, because I had work calls and stuff in the middle of this and had to jump back in and figure out where I was and doing all that stuff. But, hey, we do it for you, our Patreon supporters. We love you guys. And remember, if you can get five other people to sign up for Patreon and show us get out of the discord and give us proof that these five people have signed up. I will buy you a t-shirt. I will get you. You can have an in the clutch shirt. If you'd like a, an obvious shirt, we could do that. I don't really care. Um, I'm probably not going to buy you a cub shirt. Cause man, some of those things are like 50 bucks or something like that. But you know, I'll get you something in the 25, $30 range, something reasonable, But I would be happy to do it if you could just help us out, spread the word. Oh, and also uh, leave reviews for the Bleacher Bunch Network. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Spugog.
0: All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a Super Ranter at patreon.com sunranto where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn line the pockets of the baseball oligarch Ricketts family. Just one dollar a month can buy a scorecard, five dollars a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song, and ten dollars a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Plus, at other Super Rantor levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sunranto pages, the Rantor calendar, and special thanks and Rantor recognition in our live broadcasts. Plus, eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sunranto get out of it? Your money for tickets and beer. Go to Patreon.com/Sunranto. That's Patreon.com/Sunranto, and become a Super Rantor today. Hello and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fan's First Network. Your daily dose of digestible, delightful Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on June 15th. The Ides of June. 2023. Cubs came back and won one. 10-6 was the final and this, uh, came back with six runs in the sixth, but you can't come back if you weren't losing in the first place. So let's talk about what happened in the game that was half terrible and half awesome. Yeah, and things did not get off to a great start. I can't say this was one of Drew Smiley's best outings in the world, especially the first inning when uh, McCutcheon let off the game with a home run. Reynolds, Brian Reynolds, then singled... And shortly thereafter, Carlos Santana homered and then played the song smooth with Matchbox 20 in celebration. So it's 3-0 Pirates right out of the gate. Um, And then uh, he also managed to give up a walk, smiley, and a wild pitch. Two strikeouts and a ground out got him out of it, but damage done, 3-0 Buckos. In the bottom of the first, Tachman, the greatest leadoff hitter since Anthony Rizzo. Um, or unlikely leadoff hitter, I should say. I mean, he got three hits in this game. He's now batting three hundred. I mean, when Belly comes back, maybe you want to consider keeping him around. Uh, it's also, if you remember, he was one of the actual outfielders that was sent to Iowa while we screwed around with Matt, uh, Miles Mastroboni in right field. When uh, Saya didn't start the year with the team on the injured list. Anyway, Mike Talkman's doing great. He got a hit. And then uh, Horner struck out, but Saya singled. Hap struck out, one of four strikeouts in this game for Ian Hap. But Dansby came through with two outs and singled in Tuchman. Um And then uh, Morell struck out to end it. Uh, Beto. The Pirates pitcher on the day. I, I mean I said it on Cubs Pod. I'm like, uh oh, a rookie making his debut. This kid's gonna carve us up. And he did. Six strikeouts in four innings, only gave up one run on four hits. Did have three walks, but still for a rookie going out there, that is a great outing. Managed ninety-one pitches through four, two because all those strikeouts and walks and long at bats. But I'll talk about that in a moment. Um so then uh the Cubs uh Got two on in the second when Gomes took a 13-pitch at-bat. That's how you end up with 91 pitches in no time. And also, Madrigal walked in this inning, but Tachman and Horner failed to bring him in. Rispy business for the Cubs. But the Pirates added on in the third. Reynolds led off with a double. Santana singled his third RBI of the game. But then Hazen Swinski... Flew out, lined out. Cubs did nothing in the third except for another strikeout from Hap and Swanson. K'd too. I would tell you this Beato kid was just carving us up with two pitches. This guy <laughs> leads with the slider, has a sinker, and that's that's all he does. And uh, just the Cubs couldn't couldn't figure out which one was going to get thrown uh, at which time. So in the fourth inning, the Pirates pull ahead even further. Only to make the comeback all that much more exciting. Um, Austin Hedges homered, and uh, it was five to one, and it didn't look like this was going to be the Cubs' game. Uh, I I do want to add that Austin Hedges is the nine hitting is the ninth hole hitting catcher. Um, Austin Hedges is batting one eighty three with a four ninety two OPS. That's who hit the third home run. Off of Drew Smiley, yet yeah, not a great game for our man Drew. But I mean, we're playing with house money right now. We already won a Tyone win, <laughs> and we we would we win a, a win. We get a win when Smiley isn't even good. In the bottom of the fourth, Cubs got two on again when Matt Mervis walked and Gomes singled. But Madrigal and Tauchman failed to bring them in. A little bit more rispy business. But you kind of figure the Cubs are going to break through at some point. You know, they just get all these runners on and they get nothing done. But this is the Cubs after all. In the fifth, uh, Connor Joe doubled. That looks like Smiley was in trouble again. I mean, there were even the outs. A lot of loud outs. Some warning track shots. Outfield was busy last night with Smiley on the mound. Anyway, in the fifth, Connor Joe doubled. Uh, but then Smiley caught him stealing, and uh, I think the Pirates—they probably should have left uh, Beto in ninety-one pitches, rookie. So I understand it, but the kid was cruising, as I already said, six Ks in four innings. Um. So, anyway, Ronzi Contreras comes in, and you went one, two, three in his first inning. So that that's fine. Like things are going. Great, but uh, the pirates didn't change pitchers. They left Ronzi because he was one, two, three. I mean, ex- I mean, there was kind of one of the outs was uh, Mark Matthias, the first baseman, crashing into the stands to make a uh, play on a Horner pop up. But for the most part, Ronzi was was great in in his uh, in the fifth inning. But uh, they left him in in the sixth. And that's when things got uh, really great for the Cubs. I, actually, let me first mention that Smiley got into more trouble in the sixth. <laughs> he gave up singles to Hazen Castro, but he did go six. But then in the bottom of the sixth, when Ronzi Contreras came back out to pitch, Dansby and Morrell singled. Now, both these balls might have been played had the fielders been in different places, but uh, Dansby's hit was deflected by the pitcher, and morell's was hit really hard, but it was a ground ball, and it got through the uh, left side of the infield. So, uh, good luck, maybe? I mean, you know, these balls were, it was, it was good luck. It was good luck that they had us played uh, wrong, and they played it wrong. But then Mervis flew out, then Gomes walked again, This time on only seven pitches. What are you thinking, Gomes? Like at least take forty-three pitches in the game. Uh, Madrigal then walked with a pitch timer violation, and if you recall, there were already uh, the bases were loaded because Dansby and Morel were on when Gomes walked, and Madrigal walked on a pitch timer violation it was now five to two and you can hand that one to the crowd at Wrigley Field who was loud as hell in that moment looking for something to happen uh I actually said on Twitter that I would streak the field if Magical hit a grand slam we all know that's not going to happen so that was an easy bet to make but I was willing to do it if it by some stroke of non-luck for the patrons at Wrigley Field that that happened Tachman singled in Gomes and Morell then at that point, and that was just a good old fashioned clutch base hit. So at that point, it's 5 to 4. Yohan Ramirez came in uh, on a pitching change, got Horner to fly out. Suzuki then walked, and Hap, with a tough night, as I said, 4Ks in this game, he did manage these two RBI, though, that he could get. Hap singled in Madrigal and Tachman. To put the Cubs up six to five, it wasn't the game-winning hit, but it was certainly the go-ahead hit. And Wrigley was rocking. Cubs coming all the way back. A wild pitch then got Suzuki to third, but did not get Hap to second because I don't really read the whole thing wrong, which was a shame because Swanson then singled in Suzuki, but not Hap because he didn't advance on the wild pitch. So that was too bad. Morell struck out looking, but at the end of it all, it was seven to five Cubs. Michael Fulmer got the seventh, and it wasn't that pretty. He gave up two singles, who ended up on second and third because Nico threw a ball away that he probably should have put in his pocket. I don't think he had a play on the guy. He made a nice play getting to the ball. That was like he had him played wrong. He was playing played up the middle, and the ball went the other way and uh he got to it but he should never have thrown it to first he would never have gotten him out and that just set up uh, a a uh, Carlos santana sack fly um which then uh, to celebrate that he played oye como va which very very nice to hear i hadn't heard that song in a while bam 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 very nice so Fulmer got uh, Key Brian Hayes swinging, and he did get two strikeouts in his inning of work. But little traffic, little act, little too much action for my taste. You know, he's not shut down. You know, not like you thought that maybe he could be, like as a closer. So in the next inning, uh, Mancini pinch hit for Mervis. I guess this was in this in still in this inning, the bottom of the seventh. Mancini pinch hit for Mervis again. And he played first base uh, in for the rest of the game, but he came in and pinch it, and he struck out on a freaking foul tip. Gomes flew out magical. Cade, I only bring that up is because it's like, <laughs> okay, you know, if we're gonna play Mervis, like either give either give him a chance to be out there and fail, or I, I don't know, just, just like the whole like Mervis leaves late in the game because he's not a good enough bat is then why is he in there in the freaking first place if he's not a good enough bat? I mean, I don't know. He's just got to do better, obviously, if he wants to stay. This is not any knock on Ross. It's more of a knock on Mervis, but like, what are we doing with him up here? And I think we're just waiting for Bellinger to come back. That's what we're doing. So Mark Leiter Jr. comes in, and he strikes out Sawinski, and then for whatever reason, I, I don't know if the Pirates did not get the memo that Mark Leiter Jr. has uh, really positive lefty splits for himself and that if you're a left-handed hitter, it's going to be tough for you. But the Padres pinch hit two lefties in Bay and Marcano, Tucupita Marcano, um, who, by the way, is named after the town he's from, Tucapita So that's pretty funny. Tucapita is in Venezuela. I would like to visit and see if everybody's named Tucapita there. Just walk around being like, hey, he took, took a pizza home. And they're like, which one? Junior, senior, junior two, junior Junior three. Who do you want? So, but Mark Leiter Junior splits. And I know everybody's talking, oh, Mark Leiter Jr.'s got these splits. So I figure, you know, we never say what the splits actually are. So I did look them up here. And uh, his in his platoon splits here, how guys do against him. It's, it's pretty interesting. Versus right-handed batters. They're batting 179 with an OBP of 343. Um, And he's got 12 strikeouts. This is just this year. 12 strikeouts in 28 at-bats. He has given up four walks. uh, One home run. uh, 736 OPS overall against him if you're a right-handed batter. If you are a left-handed batter. A 169 batting average. Nice. 224 OBP. 324 slugging for a 548 OPS. Nearly 200 points lower for left-handed batters. Um, I have no idea. And tons of strikeouts too. 31 strikeouts against lefties in 76 uh, plate appearances. Versus 12 strikeouts in 35 plate appearances. So this is kind of funny that like... You know, this reverse splits guy, I mean, it is pretty obviously reverse splits, especially when it comes to the strikeouts. But Pirates did not get the message because they sent two lefty hitters to the plate. They did not strike out, but they got out. And um, I I just don't know if the Pirates uh, did not get the message there because, you know, what the hell's wrong with you? Pirates, don't you know you keep your righties in there against our guy? So in the eighth, Colin Holderman comes in for the Pirates, but he couldn't hold her man because Tachman and Horner singled, and then Suzuki doubled them in, making it six to nine Cubs. Nice, and then Hap strike struck out his fourth strikeout of the game. Dansby walked, but Morell lined out to end it. Mancini scored Suzuki. Then, oh, actually, that didn't end it. Duh, that's only two outs. Mancini, who was so brilliantly put placed into this game for uh, our man uh, Matt Mervis, he he actually got a single here and he scored Suzuki. It was then ten to six Cubs, making the score not nice but better for the Cubs. Pirates then changed pitchers to Jose Hernandez, who got the final out. Alzalai came out in the ninth. He wasn't great, and he gave up a single and a walk before getting the final three outs. He had to cover first base on the last play, which was just kind of funny because when he he covered the base and then normally you know he if after the last out he'd walk in and celebrate with Gomes, but he was where he isn't usually when the last out of the game is made, and so he just kind of looked around. He's like. I don't know. I'm closer to Mancini. Maybe I should celebrate with him. But you know, Gomes is the catcher, so traditionally I would go to him. And so he just kind of like looked around, and it was funny. I, I just little baseball moment that was, probably wasn't caught on television. Maybe it was. I don't watch the game on TV. I'm a radio guy. So today I will be at the game. Also not watching on TV, and. um we have unfortunately it's not going to be Dick Mountain. I was hoping we were going to see some Rich Hill, but it's going to be Johan Oviedo who's 3 and 5 with a 4.16 earn run average on the year. And uh last time he went out there was against the Mets and he went 6.1. He's been good at least last two starts. Uh 6.1 innings, four hits, two runs, 5 Ks. Before that, he went seven versus Oakland. Like, it's been decent. Like, it was the end of April where he gave up five runs and seven runs. And in, begin- in the beginning of May, he gave up six earned against Toronto. But those three stinker starts, uh, that was his trouble point. He managed to strike out 10 versus St. Louis in a game they lost, actually. So, Johan Oviedo, he's got the veteran know-how as you all know, because he, he's he been around for a while, I believe, at, at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, we saw him with St. Louis, so it, yeah, it's since 2020 was his first year, but he's still pretty young. He's only 25. So how do the Cubs fare against him? Well, Hap freaking owns him. He's four for 10 uh, with a double, a triple, no home runs. So let's get that one tonight. So he's batting 400 against him. In 13 plate appearances. He even walked three times. Uh Nico Horner does real well against him, three for five, but they're all singles. And then um Tucker Barnhart has Homered. <laughs> so expect him in there today. I don't know. Who knows? Tucker Barnhart plays too much. Um Nick Madrigal's one for two. Like, you know, what am I looking at here? Um the only one who kind of stinks against him is Patrick Wisdom. He's only one for eleven. So keep him out of this game. I don't think we need to see that. Only batting 91. But maybe that means he's due. And you have to be counterintuitive about the stats. Marcus Stroman, who's been awesome for the Cubs, is going out there again. Uh, What can you say? The guy, since May 14th, he hasn't given up more than two runs in his starts He's got a lot of six innings, 6.2 innings, and an eight inning and a a complete game shutout. One to nothing shutout, which is even more impressive against the Rays, who normally score a lot of runs. So he's been great. He had four walks last time against the Giants. You're hoping that's going to go better. Um, He also played in a tight game in that one. It was three to two Cubs, so he's just been nails, and the Cubs need to. Resign him for next year. Okay, how do the the pirates fare against him? Well, nobody has homered, but it's a relatively mixed bag. I mean, Carlos Santana has seen him the most. He's batting two seventy three seven fifty nine OPS. It's all very average. McCutcheon's only batting two hundred is three for fifteen, um, and then G Man Choi is three for twelve. I mean, these are not great numbers against Marcus. Nobody has a very, uh, nobody has any uh, home runs against him. So you'll take it, but uh, nobody else has really seen him too much. I guess you could say Brian Reynolds kind of owns him. Now that I'm looking at it, he's five for seven. There's only one double in there. So five for seven's though pretty good. Brian Reynolds, a pesky little hitter, isn't he? And tonight, if you're going into the bleachers, they're giving up uh, the Boog ALS obvious shirt. So if you want that, you got to have a bleacher ticket to get it. So get yourself one. Get yourself an obvious shirt. That is relatively free. So uh, the weather looks pretty good for tonight. It is overcast right now, but it's not supposed to rain. It's a little cooler than it normally is, I'd say, in mid-June. But, you know, that's okay with me. It's better at it being balls hot. So that is it for me and the Cubs pod. Uh, the Bleach, Bleacher Bum Band will be playing Saturday at Output Wrigleyville right after the ball game. We're releasing our new CD out of left field. You can buy it at sunranto.com slash um, where you can also get an awesome t-shirt, a shirt and an album otherwise known as the Shalbum. All right, that's it. Everybody, have a nice day. Spagog. If you like the Cubs a bunch, buy your t-shirts from In The Clutch. We've got all the best styles for you. Tansby, Sam, Morel, too. Clark Fly in his double W. Cody Bellinger, smoking dudes, vintage shirts from days of old. Patrick Wisdom and Nico, you'll look sharp wearing your strove. Temper set off with the code S O N R A N T O, S O N R A N T O. IntheClutch.com is your store for the most fun baseball shirts on the planet. Don't forget to use promo code SunRanto to knock a couple bucks off your purchase. Stack or die, we need more cups Get it all at In The Clutch Cause if you like the Cubs a bunch Buy t-shirts from In The Clutch Get it all at In The Clutch Get it all at In The Clutch Stuff. Hey Cubs fans, at Amazon.com do you buy lots stuff. of stuff? Why not support the Sunranto show by shopping through sunranto.com All you gotta do is fill your cart at Amazon with lots of stuff. Then before you check out with all of that wonderful stuff, head on over to sunranto.com slash. And click any of our Amazon. On links before you buy your stuff. Check out like you normally would with all that beautiful stuff. And the Sunranto show will get a small kickback because of the stuff you bought. And you'll be helping in the Sunranto show. by all the stuff. We need to stay on the air talking about the Cubs and other Plus, you could win a monthly prize. If some of your stuff. is chosen for Amazon stuff. of the Month, and if you win, we'll send you more stuff, sunranto.com stuff. That address again is sunranto.com slash stuff.
1: It is June 16th, 2023, and this is Cubs Pod, your daily dose of digestible Cubs comeback content from Bleacher Bunch Productions for the Fans First Sports Networks. I'm your host, Michael Cotton. Sorry this is coming so late, but hey, some of us have jobs, and I know that you are all Patreon supporters. We love you for giving us money to do this show. It really helps so much, but it's nowhere near enough for me to not have an actual job. So until we get there, sometimes these are going to be late, but we do appreciate everything you can do. And there is that promotion. If you can get five other people to get on the Patreon, I will get you a t-shirt. Anyway, last night it was oddly cold in Chicago for the middle of June, and you could see people wearing sweatshirts and coats throughout the stands. And Marcus Stroman froze out the Pittsburgh Pirates as the Cubs came back for the third night in a row. Now, this game had a few different storylines, but I will start with the best pitcher in the National League, Marcus Stroman. So Stroman currently sits in first place or tied for first in the following categories. Pitcher War. Second place is 1.2 War behind him, which is actually a huge gap for War. Uh, He is first in actual wins. Actual ERA at 245 and adjusted ERA plus at 183, 16% better than second place. Hits per nine, and that number is so good that he also tops the whip, the walks and hits per nine inning pitched. Uh, He is tied for first four complete games and shutouts, but that's at one. So not really a thing, other than almost nobody does that anymore. It's crazy that only six pitchers this year have a complete game. Okay, sorry, let's move on. There's more. Uh, I'm going to talk about these, but I just want to put a trigger warning out there that it's going to get real geeky here with these advanced stats, and the only reason I'm mentioning them is because Stroman is in first place. Adjusted pitching runs adjusted pitching wins, base out runs saved, situational wins saved, and base out wins saved. And of course, he is sitting atop the leaderboard with the newest ass stat. He has the lowest intake velocity in the league at 31, which means he is 69% less sucky than the average pitcher. So that's a lot of stuff to be the best at in the National League. But there is more that he is not the best at but he is still really good at it. He is in the top 10 of the league in win-loss percentage, which calculates only wins and losses and does not include pitchers who do not qualify for either, which makes me think this is a dumb stat. Um, Innings pitched, Stroman is second in the league, three innings behind the leader. Walks allowed, he is tied for ninth. Uh, Fielding independent pitching, otherwise known as FIP, is uh, seventh and when probability added, he is second in the league. So yeah, that's the guy the Cubs won't talk to about an extension. Well, it wasn't bugging him on the mound, because last night he continued making his arguments with great pitching. Stroman threw six innings, and the Pirates were only able to do any damage in the third inning, when they got three straight singles off of him to start the inning and put a run across the plate. He also walked McCutcheon that inning, um and then another run scored on a ground out, but that was it for the Pirates for the entire game. Stroman only gave up four hits and two walks while striking out five. Then we got another look at Anthony K out of the bullpen and he came through with a scoreless inning. Although he gave up one hit, he didn't walk anyone and got himself a K, just like his name. Merryweather gave up a hit, but it doesn't matter because he struck out the other three guys he faced. Gotta love Meriwether. And by the time they reached the ninth inning, the Cubs were up seven to two, which means they had a large enough lead to allow Rucker to finish this game, which he did with no hits and one strikeout. The other storyline in this game was the return of Cody Bellinger, who played first base last night. So now we know what's going to happen to Talkman, the outfielder who was not good enough to break with the team when we desperately needed an outfielder in April. He gets to stay with the team, even with the injured center fielder returning. I actually like this move because while Talkman may not be a world beater, he's playing great right now and his center field defense is better than anybody else's outside of a healthy Bellinger. The downside of this is that Mervis got sent back to Iowa because Bellinger also plays first base and Mervis is struggling. Now, him getting sent back to Iowa is a downside for him, but I'm actually talking about a different downside for fans. I don't know if Mervis is actually good. I know I was pounding the table for him to be in Chicago, and I stand by that because we needed to see what the guy could do in the show. But now that we've seen it, I don't know if he's the guy. Of course, his batting average is trash, but that's not what actually made me come to this conclusion. It's the defense. I don't know that Mervis is actually a very good first baseman. Of course, I don't have numbers to back that up. I'll leave that to the accountants. But watching an injured Bellinger playing first base in his first game back was better than what I've seen from a healthy Mervis all season. Now, we may have a Vitters thing going on with Mervis. And what I mean by that is that Josh Vitters was the best prospect the Cubs had back in the day, and everyone wanted to see him in Chicago. But when he got there, he was never all that good. This could be Mervis. Maybe he's just good in the context of who the Cubs have, and not necessarily good in terms of other baseball players. I mean, I hope not, but Bellinger at first base last night was a completely different experience for me watching the game. Also, he went one for three with a walk and a strikeout, scored a run, and had an RBI. Not bad for his first day back. The last storyline was the Cubs' offense not disappearing for the third night in a row. All season long, we have seen them sputter and not be able to score even in wins. This series versus the Pirates, we saw a different offense. Each game, the Pirates scored first, but each game, the Cubs' offense was able to put up at least one inning in which they scored a crooked number by taking advantage of a tired starter or a weak bullpen arm. We haven't seen that very often this year at all. I know in Game 1 of the series, they jumped on the Pirates in the first inning, but it was technically a comeback after Swinski took BP off his favorite pitcher in the first inning. The thing is, the Cubs also put up 3 in the 7th and 4 in the 8th inning of the first game. In Game 2, they put up 6 in the 6th and 3 more in the 8th. Last night, they got their big inning in the 5th with 5 runs, that chased the starter from the game and chased the reliever they brought in to stop the bleeding. I don't need the Cubs to score 28 runs every series, but they don't put up crooked numbers like this very often, and that is something they they really need to start doing more often. They have been terrible with runners in scoring position this season. So how did all of this happen? Well, Hap singled in third in the third with. Uh, after Nico walked and stole second base, that was the first run and cut the deficit in half. It wasn't spectacular, but it got the job done. Hap's next hit was a bit more exciting as he drove in Nico again. He hit a double, and Horner got on his horse and scored from first base on the play to tie it up. Hap finally seems to be coming back from the dip in the roller coaster that we're all aware of that he has. One month up, one month down. Hopefully, he's on the up, and maybe he can stay there. But this hit was surprising in that Nico was able to score because it was a hit out to left field. You normally don't run uh, that far on a hit from left field. But they were playing Hap to you know maybe pull him a little more right because he was hitting from the left side. But he poked that out in the left field corner, and it was a long run. And it was a long run for Nico because he just kept on going. You know, Willie Harris loves to wave the guys in and Nico's quick, man. He, he made it. It was, I don't even think they, yeah, they didn't even make a play on him at home. Ah, uh, okay. Then a Swanson single followed by a belly double followed by a Morel single followed by a safety squeeze, bunt laid down by Madrigal, which was textbook by the way. Okay, I have to stop right here to talk about this. Accountants don't like bunts. I get it. Bunts generally end in outs, and the numbers people care more about outs than runs these days. But here's the thing. Bunts can be very good if someone who knows what they are doing lays one down. Madrigal Madrigal is never going to hit a dong and actually has a better chance of hitting into a double play than driving in a run in this spot. So he lays down a perfect bunt. That's baseball. It's not about the numbers. It's about players doing the things they can to make things happen on the field. Speaking of players going against the numbers and making things happen on the field, on this play, Morrell moved from first to third. Granted, it's because the Pirates went pirate all over themselves because Morrell pulled a Javi impression. But still, it worked because Morrell did the unexpected and I am here for it. So, all right, let's talk about Morell for a moment here, too. This kid is the real deal. Unlike what I was saying about Mervis, maybe not being what we thought, Morel just keeps beating the odds. And last night, I really thought he was going to hit for the cycle. Now, I don't know what happened between last night and this morning, but I can't seem to find Morel's double. So maybe he wasn't going for a cycle. Man, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I don't have time to look for it. Uh, he was three for three with two RBI and no strikeouts. That's awesome. He is ripping the ball right now. Uh, in the fourth inning, he hit what would have been a double for most people to right center, but morell had it in his mind out of the box that he was looking for the triple, and he was flying around the bags. Seriously, I think that hit is a double like 95% of the time, but he forced the issue just like he did when he went to third on the bunt. He is going beyond. And hey, screw the numbers. And if. Of course, in the sixth, he went for the dong, which maybe I made all this up. I don't know. I thought it would have been a cycle in my crazy head, but I don't know. It just ended up as a sack fly, and he was able to score Bellinger from third. Sorry, I got distracted from the fifth inning and ended up in the sixth inning because I wanted to talk about Morrell because he's a good player, and the Cubs front office doesn't seem to appreciate him. Anyway, uh, going back to the fifth, the fifth continues lots of scoring, uh, and they hit around with Nico starting the inning and Saya ending the inning 11 batters later. Uh, I'm running late, so that's enough for last night. It was a great game. Watch it on your DVR, which has been safe for a little while now. Uh, today, we will get back to a 120 start Chicago standard time as the Cubs welcome in the Orioles. This is going to be a much tougher test than the first place Pirates because even though the Orioles aren't in first place, they would be in every division except the AL East where they live. It's going to be Cole Irvin versus Kyle Hendricks on the mound. Irvin has a 455 ERA, but he's only started four games this year. Hendricks is coming off his great outing where he almost threw a no-hitter versus the Giants. Uh, I really hope he can keep that going. It'll be interesting against um, a really good team like the Orioles. The weather is going to be great today in Chicago. A cool 65 degrees, so take a coat if you're in the grandstand. It will be colder in the shade, but on the field, in the sun, the players are going to uh, love this. But that's it for me. I have actual work to do. So I'm going to get going. Check you on the Discord. Spog